Salutations Woo! and welcome. You gotta clap, Kevin. There yeah. it is. And welcome to the 22nd episode of the In the House 22. podcast. The Double Deuce. The Double Deuce. That's exactly what this is. The Double Deuce. Uh, 22 ounces we, of freedom. I don't we know. made it this far. Yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled that we're still being allowed to go on the air. 22. Every a week. small caliber bullet. Yeah, that's Every what week. we are now. I keep thinking somebody from the internet is going to call and be like, Hi, this is uh, Jared from the internet and uh, you're done. I'll kill Jerry. We're if he pulling doesn't. the plug. Oh, heard him. But uh, happy to be here tonight. Extremely excited to be coming oh, to you after a victory, which is <laughs> we we needed it badly. We got it. I feel good about it. Yeah. I can't wait to discuss it. It was a good victory. It was a lot of fun. A to rainy watch. victory, but a good one. And uh, some some frankly some big changes made to the club. So yeah. Some fun stuff to talk about here. But uh, before we can talk about anything, mm-hmm. especially before we can welcome in our guest, yeah. I have to welcome in my guest, my ah. co-host. This time, he's coming to you live <laughs> from a ropes course in Boise, Idaho. Andy Frederick, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You. Andy, Andy, Thank we're you so glad you're here. Much. You know what they love doing in Boise, Idaho? Um, I've heard trying to stay warm. That You know what else they love doing? No. Besides potatoes? Okay. Ropes courses. Okay. They are... Challenging? Challenging is not the word. Okay. Damn near impossible. All right. So a Just test of endurance, strength, yeah. and... Uh, they t- throw baseball bats at you for parts of it. That seems... That seems excessive. There's no safety line. Okay. You don't clip in anything. They just say go. You're just 80 feet in the air. And they just start chucking baseball best. Okay. Sounds exhausting and painful. I'm glad you made it. Me too. Well, Andy, we are in fact coming off of a win. I'm I'm pleased to say. And it (laughs) it was a good, solid win. It was a stomping. The, uh, the problem is that we're also, since our last podcast, coming off of a loss. So since we spoke last on air, yeah. Since we spoke last, we've gotten a win and a loss. I I would be lying if I didn't say I'm kind of relieved that yeah. the U.S. Open Cup is over. I loved the run. I yeah, wanted them to the win. We'd ever been in the U.S. Open. Cup. I wanted them to win in Chicago. Last I wanted US us to keep going. Left. And yet, I think I, I think it's it's a good thing that we're done. Yeah. But you know whose opinion I might find valuable about that. That's our our guest host tonight. Yeah, we are being joined by the very talented play-by-play and color analyst on the City Radio broadcasts. We're being joined by the co-host of Soccer City Radio on Saturday mornings with Lance McGarvey. Someone who is much more impressive than either of us at a very tender for- <laughs> age. Yeah, at twenty-two, what were you and I doing? things. Just terrible Not things. Not productive things like he's doing. Not bicycling to Chicago? No. No, I, I wasn't bicycling to the corner store to buy my cigarettes. I would have vomited Yeah. if I had <laughs> tried to bike anywhere. But with no further ado, Kevin Kernan. Woo! Kevin, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. That's quite the introduction. Well, we really, we, we what we lack in professionalism, we make up for in hyperbole. Yeah. So... <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Uh, we we buried the lead there. the The ride to Chicago. It besides the outcome of the game, how was your trip? Uh, obviously, you know my goal was just to make it to Chicago. Um, and 
the trip was taxing. It was trying. It was. It, <laughs> you rode your bike to Chicago. Of course, it was well, taxing. Yeah, it was fixed gear <laughs> bike to Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I rode about an all told about 340 miles in three days. So I did. I did three back to back. Let me. Can rides. I? That's I gotta ask. I know we're not to the interview yet, but why? Like, what were you? When were you like? You know what I'm gonna do. Well, I'm actually, ride my bike. actually, and it, I have a, I have a tell-all in X Cold coming out in uh, the next month. He's got a uh, he's got a documentary. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, yeah. you're writing for you're writing a story about it for X Cold. I have, yeah. Excellent. And my uh, editor texted me. She's like, "Oh, I heard you rode to Chicago," and uh, I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Well, forget forget anything you know you write about for Louisville City because I still publish something about every couple months in the, yeah. in the magazine for Louisville City." She's like, "Ah, we're gonna push that back. I want to hear what you had to say, what you went through God, on this bike ride." I feel I feel terrible that even after my uh, protracted and uh, frankly run-on introduction to you <laughs> that I forgot to mention also that he is a uh, regular contributor to Extol Magazine, Extol Sports, and uh, you do a very nice job generally writing about city, but apparently now also bicycling. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've up to the, now I've exclusively written about Louisville City. I've been with the magazine since... Uh, January of 2016, so it's been about, what, a year and a half now, so uh, it's rewarding stuff. I like uh, having sort of an outlet to talk about City and another excuse to sort of, you know, build on my uh, fandom that has turned into sort of a... Here's my follow-up question. What are you trying to prove, bro? Who are you trying to impress, man? I, I really, really, I was just trying to prove it to myself, and... God, that's um, the best answer. Get out of my yeah, head. Come on, Kevin. <laughs> Professional. Like I said, I, I I went into more detail in my extra piece that'll be coming out. Uh, I suppose in August. I don't really well, know. let's get let's uh, let's do this part now, so I don't forget later after I finish my purple stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, where can people follow you online? Because I know that you do links to all of those articles on your right. Twitter account. Where can they find you on Twitter? Right. So my Twitter account is at Red Hair on Air. I uh, came up with that one. <laughs> It's amazing. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So if you follow uh, Kevin at Red Hair on Air, A, you're going to get a smattering of good Louisville City and soccer-related content. And also, he'll alert you whenever he's got another article coming out. Mm -hmm. He's a good follow. I follow him personally. And uh, also, try to make fun of him when I have better picks in the World Cup than he does. Yeah, I, uh... I, uh, for as much as I... Have, I've never really claimed, but I've been told I sort of know what I'm talking about when it comes to soccer. My World Cup picks did not go to plan, but uh, I spent, luckily, I spent a lot more time sort of doing my homework on Louisville City than I do on the World Cup. On so. teams like Sweden and Switzerland. Mm, indeed, yeah. Teams Understood. That, uh, Understood. Just had to get that in, didn't you? I, you, you know, just had to get it in. That's fair. It's fair. He's like 35 years ahead of my life plan. I'm a little annoyed by that, so I'm just going to... If I get a needle to stick in there, I'm going to. All right. Um, all right, let's let's have him toss a coin. Let's get into the real yeah, stuff here. So let's, so let's find out what... Are we going to do a heads or a tails? All right, let's see. Um, oh, it, is, it yep. survived, and it is a heads. Heads. We're on a now a two in a row run on heads, which I believe that puts us at uh, after twenty two uh, episodes. I believe we're now at fourteen to eight in favor of tails. I think the sample eight. size needs to be bigger. It will have to be much larger before, but at one point we've gotten like eleven ahead. Yeah, it was. Tails. We were starting to question the laws of probability. Like. <laughs> so. All right, so it's a heads. We're going to talk game preview first, and uh, we are coming up this Saturday, a little day game action, 2 p.m., where you're going to be taking on Ottawa Fury. 
Now, Ottawa was supposed to be really terrible, and they started the season really terrible, and then something happened, and they've been pretty okay. They're currently in seventh place in the East. They're a playoff team, and I think that everything that we thought we knew about Canadian soccer in the USL is uh, being thrown off kilter by the fact that Ottawa's all right. They've, yeah. uh, they're coming off two straight wins over two what we thought were good teams and probably still are good teams in Nashville and Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's solid work. Ottawa Fury, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Evocative. Evocative? Evocative. No, it's the one that's, it means it's, it, they contradict each other because it's Canada. <laughs> and when I don't, when I think of Canada, you don't think, I of, don't Fury? think of Fury. Okay. The Ottawa. Counterintuitive? There it is. Yeah. Counterintuitive. I don't read a lot. No. <laughs> well, I wouldn't either at nine words a minute like you're well, up to. It's just, point, but... it's exhausting. Yeah. All right. So the, the counterintuitively named Ottawa Fury, coming off two straight wins, uh, they they run out there, frankly, one of the better goalkeepers in the United Soccer League right now in uh, Max Crapo. Crapo, mm-hmm. is that, am I pronouncing that right, Kevin? Crapo, I guess. Crapo. Internationally capped. He is. He's gotten some international caps. He is a really talented goalkeeper. I think right now he's sitting on nine clean sheets for the season, which uh, is... It is. He started, of their games, he started all but two of their games this year. And he has only given up, I believe it was... Well, let me do the math very quickly. Uh, 19 goals in 14... in. In 16 games, that's a really that's good. A clip, that's yeah. a really good percentage. Ottawa, on the other hand, has given up quite a few goals because their other keeper in two games gave up six. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Gave up nine in two games. In two games, their goals. other keeper gave up nine. I think they were no, wise nine. to go back to max. Not really. What was it? Was he hurt? What happened? There? I don't know if he was hurt. If he was, was he suspended. If he was. Uh, Frankly, I wouldn't be shocked if he'd gotten a call to international duty. Oh, right. uh, there are a lot of possibilities of where he was. He's but Canadian, by the way. I don't know if he mentioned. Yes, that. he's not. Uh, he's not actually French. If he'd gotten called up to the French national team, that would be news. Yeah. But no, he's a he's a really solid keeper. He's been the save of the week three or four times already this year for uh, USL, and uh, like I say, nine clean sheets. Which is essentially half their games. That's playing really, really comfortably between the pipes. And it's not a team that sits way, way, way back. They're, they'll possess the ball. I believe I looked at it and the possession was about 42% for them for the season, which is not a ton, but it's also not parking the bus percentage. They're not looking at like a, a 37, 38% like a Pittsburgh kind of does. Right. 42% is at least trying to go out and get the ball. But uh, the defense has played really well. The offense has been spotty. Spotty. Uh, because they play... That's putting it kindly. Yeah. They play with a really good keeper. They've given up very few goals, and yet they find themselves in seventh because uh, they don't put many in. Uh, they've got two goal scorers, including their striker and their main uh, their main go-to guy, Steven Dos Santos. Uh, they have each got four. Mm-hmm. And then... Nobody else on their team has multiple goals. The Santos, formerly of the Rhinos? Yes. And uh, they've got two two guys who've con- who scored four, which yeah. is lower than our top three. <laughs> and then they have like seven or eight guys who have scored, scored one goal each. 
They don't put up a lot of offensive firepower, but it's not like I say. They don't put eleven or ten or eleven behind the ball that often. They usually, uh, they'll frequently, if I'm remembering correctly, and you know, pointed out. If I'm not, it's fine. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, they generally play with uh, uh, four four two, uh, four four two, and that's. You know, old school. Yeah, that's it's it's old school, but I mean, and most of what they're passing is is going over the top. So they're trying to run down the ball. They're trying to get on the end of some long passes. They're not. It's not a possession possession based team. But like I say, it's not an embarrassment of uh, giving the ball away and letting you bang your head against a wall all night. So my expectation would be that uh, we have we see the majority of the ball. Hmm. My expectation would be that we need to keep our uh, our fullbacks in line because you don't want to get beat over the top when you're playing a team like this. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure everybody, nobody creeps too far forward, that everybody marks their man. And then don't give away foolish turnovers. So it's going to be an important game for Speedy and Paolo to be in the middle controlling things, uh, knowing where they want to go with the ball, and not making the dumb mistake, not giving up the ball cheaply, mm-hmm. making sure that everything is kept in front of you. Right. Uh, Kevin, I feel like that's really what they do. Uh, Paolo and Speedy have been solid about that all year, and I, I think you can expect them to try to continue doing that. Yeah, and I think you know, this is already sort of branching into uh, recap, which uh-huh. we're going to get to, but um, I think really a lot of our offense comes in our wingbacks between Kyle and Oscar. Uh, Kyle really, and there's a lot of changes last week or last match, and yeah. Kyle uh, really sort of didn't get quite as far forward as he usually does. Uh, and I think we our passing last game wasn't particularly high, but um, we weren't ma- we weren't sort of giving it away in the attacking third as much as we have previously. And so while we could sharpen up there, um, right now City's riding sort of a high as far as like just sort of technically breaking the game, breaking the yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, finding that way to pick the lock. Yeah, which has really been our bugaboo for the last several games before that yeah. was having a lot of the ball, having a lot of the ball in the opposition's third, but then breaking your face against a you know ten man yeah. box and just not being able to find the way through it. It helps that uh, Charlotte really, I mean, they made a game effort at going forward when they got the ball, and so you weren't facing nine guys in the box too much, but. Uh, it, even if we had been, it felt like our guys were finding good space and making good decisions in the last game. And let's get to a prediction here, because I'd rather go back and talk about that Charlotte game. Because I don't have too much else to add about uh, Ottawa. Normally, I would have done my homework, but I, uh, I'm i taking this coming Vacation week, week of uh, Soccer City in Ottawa. I mean, it's kind of hard when you're, you know, when City has a game just about week in, week out. You mm-hmm. can't really get a week away. And then, I'm, obviously, I've been, you know, very fortunate to have this opportunity with Soccer City. Sure. So, uh, I this is the one weekend I'm taking sort of out of the season to uh, to enjoy with my family. So, I'm not going to be on Soccer City, and I am happy to sort of issue doing my homework for um for the broadcast i don't blame you you just heard the the extent of andy and i's homework which was me having three opinions about two players (laughs) and a possession and andy agreeing with me so that was uh that was our homework i've never been been on homework in general at all let's (laughs) let's be real at all. Yeah, it's fine. A shoe from the hip. You do. And we admire that about you. Well, it's with a broad brush. Broad yeah. Stretch. Exactly. It's I don't a, like to limit myself. It's <laughs> the thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a go big or go home exactly. sort of a situation. And uh, frequently you just go home. 
So, all right. Prediction time. We'll get these out of the way before we start breaking down Charlotte and, unfortunately, also a brief touch on the uh, Chicago Fire game. So, Charlotte. No, I'm sorry. Prediction Ottawa. time for Ottawa. Andy, give me a game score, and mm-hmm. if you assume that Louisville will score, who's going to get one? I'm saying 2 nothing. 2 nil. 2 right. nothing. Coming off of a win. It's good for morale. Yeah. Um, I think we get a corner. <laughs> <laughs> Andy has predicted that we score off of a corner for roughly the last 10 weeks. My general, the thing is... What, what was the last time we scored in like uh, against Nashville, right? Off uh, the corner? Yeah, we got one against... Uh, we got two against Nashville yeah. in that game, which was great. My general feeling is that if you cast a big enough net... <laughs> eventually. Eventually you're to pull something keep going, back. Keep going back to the well. I'm just saying. We bragged saying. about him after the Cincinnati game because he predicted the win, the score, and the score in that game. And uh, since then, he has gotten. I've been trying to reclaim score, that right? glory, and it's just not happening. But yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for it again. All right, corner. Oscar. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oscar's going to be taking the corner. That's what he'll, he'll say. Yeah. Oscar to... Oscar to Paco. Oh, okay. To Paco! Okay. Which is enough. basically what he always guesses. Yeah. 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 Will sense. the Doves fly on Saturday? Well, yeah. It's a day game. Yeah. Nice and sunny. All right. I'm, I'm hoping that you're right. So, 2-0, yeah. you think uh, Paco fact, gets one. There are a lot of Doves in Ottawa. I did not know that. Yeah. It's a fair point. It's, that is little known. It's like the Dove capital of the world. The, it's the very least the Dove capital of Ontario. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, Kevin, what do, you, what do you got? Score? Uh, what do you got for a score? I would have, I would have said 2 nothing, but I've got to change it up. I'm, gonna say, sure. I'm just going to say nothing. You know, one nil. Based off of how solid their defense is. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, well, if he makes the starting 11, well, even if he doesn't, because he did start making the starting 11 last game, I'm saying Cam scores. You think Cam? That's a fair That's bet. That's easy, yeah. He's, the He's at goal scores. 10 for the season 10 right now? 10 in league play, yeah. 12 in all comps. Cam is always a good, Cam is always a good guess if you're looking Looking for a score. He's uh, one off the goal in boot race, by the way. So. Which is not bad. Flopping around in the lane. Ilya is starting to make up some ground in that yeah. also. But. He is, yeah. No, he's, I think he's sitting on seven at this point. Uh, six. In six. Oh, uh, in the league. league. Yeah, that's right. He had a big, he had a big uh, open cup game. All right. So we got two nil mm-hmm. with Paco. Mm-hmm. We got one nil with Cam. Wait, which which goal does Paco score? The winner? Or? The the first or the second? Um, I bet it's the second. I bet it comes from, and we'll get into it, but what I like seeing again for the Charlotte game was them actually that element of pressure that we mm-hmm. can be so good at. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just keep driving. Yeah. They make mistakes. We get corners. All right. I love it. I'm a fan of that concept. I think it's the second goal. All right. I have got us taking a nobody's gonna like this i gotta take it i've got i've got us taking a 1-1 draw uh, i gotta take it a 1-1 draw not because i don't think we can beat this ottawa team i think we're better than them i think it's a road game i think it's a two o'clock game which is unusual for us mm-hmm. i think that you're riding really high after this last victory and maybe there's a little emotional letdown which we've seen a couple of times from the boys yeah. this year and especially with no coach to keep you Grounded. Locked in and yeah. focused. That I think we take a one-one draw. Uh, whenever I say that, I I really hope I'm wrong. I I, I really do. But I think that they're going to get a cheapo over the top of us, 
and that we are going to have to bang and bang away to try to get a, get one drawn back. And that's where we kind of don't always succeed is oh, when right. we need the goal. It's where I really feel like we miss Luke the most is yeah. that uh, because once a team bunkers in, the best way to break them down is by just crossing one into your biggest, strongest right, guy. Yeah. And our biggest, strongest guy is coaching us right now. Yeah. So it's, it is what it is. Uh, so I got this with a 1-1 draw, and I think that George Davis gets... Uh, George Davis the fourth gets number fifty this week. I think uh, Quattro puts in goal fifty for his USL great. career. He got forty nine last week, which was awesome. He looked great on Saturday. I, I let's let's get straight into the yeah. game review because I've got a lot to say on that. Subject. By the way, you could do worse than a, a one one draw away at seventh place in the East. Draw on the road against a playoff team, you're never going to be that mad about it. Yeah. But uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we win eight nothing. But uh, I'm going with a one one draw with Quattro getting uh, getting the goal. Uh, but before we break into Charlotte, let's do Chicago, because I don't want to do it for very long, because it was painful. It's the vegetables of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. This is the, hey, everybody, you're getting this for your own good. Yeah. First, the trip to Chicago was freaking awesome. Kudos, a million times kudos to the Coopers for putting that together. Uh, they did an amazing job of getting the buses, getting the donated pizza, getting the donated beer, <laughs> getting, uh, frankly, I sat on the nice bus with the leather, which was out of luck. I think Kevin on the ride home was stuck in the cloth seat bus. Dude. How I, embarrassing. Speaking of free beer, I was so over, I was, what was it, seven sheets or whatever? There, three, three sheets, three but sheets if you were seven sheets, I don't even know how to help you. I, uh, I took a nice, well-earned nap on the way back. Understood. I, I believe that everybody who went on the trip was uh, multiple sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody on our bus that was not passed out was uh, raucous. Despite the fact that it was pitch black with a movie playing, uh, yeah, it was. It was. What movie was it? Well, we were, <laughs> on the way home, it was Ghostbusters, and Aww. then and then it was Minions. Aww, yeah. Ghostbusters playing on our bus too. Uh, yeah, I would have been. I would have been that guy. Like, God, shut up! I'm trying to watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have been that like guy. Eight inch screen. It was on the on the little eight inch screens, and uh, on the way there, we got. Uh, I know the other bus saw Fight Club. We saw. Uh, Something that wasn't Fight Club. Sean Francis rode rode on the other bus. <laughs> Apparently, that's clever. See what I did there? I did. Uh, I see where you went with that. Throat, it right. was, uh, but no, the trip itself was amazing. Uh, the support section was awesome. I have a friend in Chicago who I met up with at halftime, and uh, he said that uh, he was so thrilled that our section absolutely performed the way they did. Uh, the groove machine was in full effect. Uh, it's the had, only full section in the ground. It was. And then, frankly, the next two sections over were a lot of friends and family of the of the team. Mm-hmm. And so we had most of three sections filled up. They didn't have a supporters group there due to uh, po- politics. Test, yeah. yeah. Politics. Uh, but they... Uh, we still easily outnumbered the Chicago fans and uh, and really put on a show. And the Loose City faithful should be very proud of that because we, on a weeknight game mm-hmm. in Chicago, exactly having that kind of support was mm-hmm. awesome to see. And I was proud to be a fan of the team that day. It's, it's incredible. I remember sitting up in the broadcast booth, which is opposite um, the side that the supporters were sitting on that. I remember hearing uh, through our headsets that we could, you know, hear the, the drums and the yeah. fans singing through, uh, coming through, and I know people back home heard that. Oh, yeah. Even after, you know, we, we shipped the fourth goal, they were still, you know, drumming away and singing. Didn't, didn't ever give that up. Um, so, one, 4 nil 
I don't think really told the story. I mm-hmm. think that we deserved the two nil loss. Right. Uh, we never really attacked. We never really no. threatened. There was. I mean, they were clear. Chicago was clearly the better team. They deserved the victory. You hate seeing two red cards at the end of that game. You hate seeing a sort of lose discipline. Well, and one red, of them was a little cheap. But. The red card. Th- with thirty seconds left in stoppage, felt like, unnecessary. What are you, why? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll always be the one to defend the referee. It's it's the principles, and especially when it comes to striking an opponent, which Magnus did. Um, and that I didn't have a view of, so I never. No, saw that. I, I uh, the, the feed didn't quite get it, but I remember I saw uh, there was a little. I don't remember who the player it was uh, up against. Uh, but I remember, you know, sort of seeing it, and he—it was sort of more of a slap. But whenever, you know, it's that deliberate, you know, sort of yeah, if you're trying to strike motion, somebody. it's always going to be a sending off. Yeah, and I felt like uh, realistically, we lost some discipline at the end of the game. Yeah, there, there, that's, that's it, and everybody's frustrated. Everybody's wanted to play better, and uh, that we had lost. I mean, obviously, Dobro gave up the uh, the bad goal and five hole. Yeah, it was it was <sighs> tough. So. I mean, the first seventy minutes of the game were more indicative of what the yeah. of what the game was really about, which was that Chicago was clearly better. They were letting us possess when we wanted to, and then picking their moments, and then their athleticism showed through, and their uh, technical skills showed through. They 100%. Had, yeah, it was just better, and that's sometimes that's going to be the case. You wonder with a really good and disciplined coach whether or not we give them a better show than that, maybe. But that night, it didn't feel like, oh, well, man, watched, if we'd given them your, our best game, we'd have got you. It felt like, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they deserved that win. Well, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me was watching Schweinsteiger play. It was like, oh, yeah, you have won a World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they looked Clearly so you have. much. When they had the ball, they looked so much more comfortable in the midfield. Yeah, it, yeah. it really felt like Palo and Speedy were... Uh, outmatched. Yeah, just outclassed for a game. And we never see that in the USL, yeah. and you... It's unusual to see it anywhere. They weren't in the nat in the uh, the Revs game against New England. We weren't outclassed in the middle of the field. So that night we were, and that's that sucks. They uh, they trotted out you know a full strength they just did. about starting eleven. And they um, had rested three of them the game before. Yeah, so they I mean fire they've won it you know as many times as any other MLS team. They won the US Open Cup four times. Um, I thought that, yes, they did rest some guys down in Dallas, I think was their previous game. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were, I remember talking to Dan Kelly, their play-by-play guy, and they were always, as much as you know, they give sort of lip service to, oh yeah, we take every game seriously. They do take every yeah. Open Cup game seriously. You can see that, you know, Nikolic, Katai, uh, Schweinsteiger, Collier, they were McCarty. all... McCarty, everybody was yeah, there and McCarty. active and ready yeah. to go. And they, for me... You could this you could, this can be debated, but I think that no matter what Louisville City team went out there, um, that they, they were always going to be second best, and we are always going to be the underdog, and we did disappoint there. I think I agree with Evan that the two O scoreline is perhaps more indicative of the way the match went, um, but us sort of losing our discipline and shape, yeah. not really getting anything. I mean, the only real shots on goal we got were sort of rollers that just went yeah. into Sanchez's hands, so we did not offer much going forward. I, I really think the key, the the positive takeaways from this, though, and this is what I what I think about Lay it, it is that it was the furthest in the U.S. Open Cup that we had ever been. By far. We were the last USL team in the U.S. Open Cup, which... Money, say what money, you money, want money, about money, it. Say what you want about it. It's still pretty impressive. Absolutely. Like we were, it was us and MLS. Absolutely. Seven on MLS teams. Yeah. And I'll be frank with you. I'm relieved it's over. 
Uh, I think that that is a salient point. I think that, uh, again, super proud of the guys for how they did. And I loved it, and I wanted them to win every one of the games. I never was a person who said, throw no. this. No, no, no. I, I, I don't feel that way. I feel like you only get so many chances to show off to non-USL audiences. Right. Uh, everybody in the USL respects Louisville City at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nobody <laughs> in the shut-up phone... In the USL, who doesn't respect us. Right. I think every chance you get to earn a little bit of playtime, a little bit of recognition, and a little bit of respect from your opponents in uh, the higher leagues, and get some national television mm-hmm. exposure and all of that, I think that it's a good thing, and the $25,000 doesn't hurt. And all told, I'm, I'm proud of the way the guys did, but I agree. It's good to now be able to get back to just focusing on well, what is, we're here to do, which is win another I title. I think that we still achieved all of that, though. Yeah. Would have been great to win one. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, and there will always be the sort of what if about, uh, you know, maybe if Luke and Ballard are healthy, mm-hmm. maybe if Coach right. O'Connor, Coach Burden, Coach Sutu are all there, maybe. But no, I, I feel like we weren't the better team that night. No, we, we had no right to win. I think as much as I am proud of this team and you know, the run they've made, the thing about, you know, cup competitions, it doesn't mean anything unless you win it all. Exactly. Right. And we saw what it did for FC Cincinnati last year, making Agreed. a run. But, um, I don't know, I would have liked, obviously, it was, you know, could have, should have, would have, it would have been nice to advance and perhaps have seen uh, James also, their match didn't go that That, that would have been fun. Yeah. Two, uh, two losses for the Lucidity uh, <laughs> organization, although Mark Anthony K and LAFC moved on. So yeah, so yeah good for them, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's nice, you know, I've made a run. I, I'm sort of in the camp, though, where it's like, if you don't win at all, it's sort of, it, it is ultimately meaningless. There's some, you know, solace you can take in the fact that, you know, like you said, Evan, the team is on as much of a national national yeah. stage as being, you know, streamed on as the internet we can as earn, you yeah. could. Yeah, as you could earn. And for these players, I'm sure they would uh, not mind showcasing their wares to MLS sort of right. uh, talent, but... And a little and a little chunk of change. So Yeah, which... I've... You know, people you know talk about that you know money being put. It's this this team's losing money hand over fist. Yes, every we dollar get, that the team can bring in is, is, is a, a good dollar. It's not really gonna put a, a dent in you know what these owners are fronting and good for good no. on them for you know sort of you know taking yeah. their lumps before we get our own stadium. Right. Uh, it's not really gonna make a dent, but you know it is nice. You know, sort of another thing to take away. Absolutely, and you know what they say: twenty five thousand here, twenty five thousand there. It starts to add up to real money. <laughs> so. Uh, do you have $25,000 you want to give me? I don't have $25,000 I want to give you, no. Do you have $25,000 at all? Yeah. Oh, nice. Can I have it? No. Damn it. Kevin? I do not have that kind of cash. Damn you it. You can't ride somewhere and get it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Win a race. I'll uh, <laughs> a fundraiser. There you <laughs> go. There you go. All right, so that's Chicago Fire. It's fine. All told, great run, tough loss, the end. Okay. Away trips are always fun. Oh, wait, going on a trip like that was amazing. The, the ultimate result for sort of the fan experience is secondary. Well, and I feel like I know a lot of the guys that I talk to on Twitter a lot better because one thing is uh, supporters groups are separate. I mean, we are because I don't sit on the same end as some of the Coopers and they don't sit on the same end as some of the Scouse House guys. That an away trip like this. Having, you know, people from all the different supporters groups all in one place, and it's like, oh, this is a guy I was making fun of, you know, mm-hmm. Max Crapo's name with the other day, and now I'm sitting next to him on a bus. That's cool. Yeah. So it was a bonding experience, and it was a great trip, and it really, like I say, helped, helped unify the, 
the Lucidity Faithful. I great. remember as the last thing I'm going to say about Shadow Game. Back in 2015, obviously mm-hmm. we played the fire before uh, the Coopers and this whole you know sort of team was still in its infancy. Uh, but I remember we took uh, like an extended transit van, about 15 of us, up to Chicago. We were sitting in the same section, mm-hmm. um, and that's where sort of my I was interested in City, and I was a season ticket holder from the from the word go. But that sort of trip up there made me like, okay, yeah, I, I love this team. Yeah. So those away trips are always you know some special first mm-hmm. supporter. It is. Charlotte. Charlotte. Big four, win. Four one. Big wet wind. It was, and it was wet. Wet being an operative word. It it rained hard in the first half, and a lot in the first half. Yeah. But also, we got ourselves a lead on a very, very nice little bit of uh, trickery between Ilya over to mm-hmm. Niall oh, uh, after a turnover. I loved seeing us capitalize on a turnover in their end. I loved seeing Ilya make the nice little chip pass and Niall put it away clean. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice first goal, and it was good to see Niall get back on the scoreboard. It had been a little while for him since he'd scored. I think he, what, didn't he score in like the first game of the season? He did score yeah. in the first game of the season. He scored our second goal of the year. Yeah, Luke got the first over. Yeah, and... Uh, it was nice to see Niall get back on the scoreboard Definitely. because he's been doing a lot of work for us. And I liked the four we played up front. It was Definitely. a different four than we have. I don't believe these four had ever started a game we together. Had, we made five changes going into this match. It was a big, major different squad and yeah. a different formation that the team ran out yeah. there for the game. And I really, before we start talking about the back line and three versus four versus two wings versus all that, I'll just say I really liked the front four that we ran out. Uh, I thought that they played well together. I thought they created space for each other and occupied space well. I find, personally, that when you play Cameron, Niall, and Magnus together, I think their skill sets overlap a bit much, and you see the middle of the field get clogged, and they don't get a lot of space. They all want to go to the middle, and they all want to be in around that 15-yard area yeah. in the middle of the box, mm-hmm. and it's they're all good at it, but that's where, when everybody's going to the same place, that's where all the defenders are, too. <laughs> I liked seeing, having Ownby, who was a menace, he was he was really good, uh, didn't have the gaudy stats that he sometimes does in this game, was only the only one of the starter, starting front four not to score, but he put two off the, off the crossbar, he uh, was... And created space for yeah. the entire game. He wasn't... You still very much felt his presence. I you mean, really did. He yeah. was creating space by getting out wide, getting to the corner, beating people to balls, getting yeah. crosses in, and then also doing what I like to see, which is going wide and then cutting back in himself. Instead of trying to find that perfect, inch-perfect pass that you've sometimes got to find to thread the needle, he just said, I can beat this one guy. This yeah. was one of those games, watching Ownby, this was one of those games that really... I thought showcased how fast he really yep. is. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And uh, George Davis the fourth playing opposite him, I thought was really nice because he may have had. I know he had a. I think he had a brace game earlier in the season, or he at least had a game where he had a goal and an assist. This, I think it's Atlanta here. It may have been the Atlanta mm-hmm. game. He played. Great in this game. I think it may have been his best game of the season. He looked amazing. Very well could have been, I think. He was high-pressing wonderfully. He was a menace to that back line the entire game. He created extra space by being able to go out wide, which is why I thought that Ilya and Niall had so much room in the middle of the field in this game is because George and Brian were both pulling the defense to the corners of the pitch, 
which makes me excited for the day that Ballard is healthy because having speed on both wings, even as just a change of pace, is scary to think about how much room Luke, Cam, and Ilya will have in the middle of the pit. Anyway, we're not there yet. But I thought that George's pace working with Ownby was even really yeah. useful. And so the middle of the field felt so open in this game. And it wasn't that their defense wasn't packed in. They were keeping three guys in the middle of the field. But they couldn't commit too much or they were getting burned on the edges by Ownby and George, both of whom made themselves pests by tracking back mm-hmm. and uh, really hounding the high press. Both gained possession a bunch. There was one particular play where George... Uh, made a move, broke into the open, had the ball taken away from him, and then he chased down two defenders and the goalkeeper, forcing him to make an errant pass out. That I remember exactly yeah. what you're talking about, yeah. And I remember watching it going, man, that is a guy earning it tonight. That's a coach on the field showing this is how you play hard. Front. Yeah. And I loved seeing that. I thought that front four played great. I think this match was won really by George and Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, their pressure, I don't know what Lucas told them. Um, I think, yeah, this is probably one of the most exciting matches I've seen out of City so far this season. Uh, the pressure, like you said. I mean, the first goal really sort of told it all, where uh, Joel Johnson on the right, the right back for the Independence, uh, was trying to play a pass down the right wing. Well, George sort of deflected it mm-hmm. and got it to Ilya. Um, he you know drew the defender in, played um, Nile perfectly. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It away. I think right that in was, front of me. This, yeah, this was one of those. Was. This was one of those best case scenario situations that we've talked about on the show a few times since O'Connor's departure. Was them? Let's try this. Yeah. Let's 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 mix things up a little bit mm-hmm. and see what happens. And this was the best case scenario that we've talked about. Yeah. I, I thought that all told. Uh, it was. It was the attacking midfielders doing a great job of pressing and causing turnovers. I thought that both Palo and Speedy did a great job of capitalizing on them and calming the possession when they got it. And uh, the defense is an interesting story in this game. You played essentially no with the back Tosh. four. Yeah. Essentially with the back four in this game. You sit Tosh and McMahon. Uh, I would have expected Sean Tosh to still be in this game yeah. as, a, uh, a as one of the back four. But I also get that he has played almost every minute and played every minute against Chicago. And uh, maybe they say, hey, we're going to a back four. That'll give a little bit of coverage to Alexi. We'll find a day to get Sean a night off. Maybe that's what it was. First game the season he hasn't started. Right. So yeah. this is a real nice chance. I thought Alexi did great, too. He played, he played exactly his game, which is physical and yeah. just bodying a man up. Again. Almost had a bike. Yeah, yeah, he made the attempted yeah, bicycle kick, yeah. which was fun to watch. But again, it was one of those games that was awesome because it showcased how physical and how truly athletic mm-hmm. Alexi is. Like yeah. watching Alexi, you were like, I feel bad for anybody who's trying. To... Right, he looked bigger and stronger than the yeah. opposition, which is not always what you see. I mean, Paco is usually taller. And Tosh is usually stronger, but the combo in Alexi was nice to see. Just a a dominating-looking center back. And he played really well. I thought that Paco played his normal kind of game, a good game, solid. Uh, Unusual, though, to have the the back four be with Kyle and uh, Francis essentially playing as an extra two uh, fullbacks. Yeah. Yeah, obviously Oscar was excluded because of his red card down in Tampa Bay. Um, and I think that this is you know the first time that uh, we've gone with the back four. 
Uh, Luke was never really gonna change much up, but I think after the past couple performances, he really didn't have a choice but to you know come in with a couple new ideas. I think that this really sort of took the attacking onus off of Kyle, which he's a very good, uh, and Oscar as well as a very good... Overlapper. Mm -hmm. Overlapper and uh, has a lot of uh, ideas going forward. Um, but he, he does you know, get into one-on-ones probably a little too uh, often for his own good. Um, and yeah. He, he tries to do that, and he's good at it to some extent, but he keeps going back to well, and I think sometimes that can be sort of... Um, get caught out a little bit, and it's yeah. not um, always the best option. And so when he when he kind of give that to Brian a little bit more, I think Kyle playing more as a just more of an out and out defender. Yeah, uh, coming up, get a couple touches in, you know, sort of distributing to the middle. Um, that's where he plays the best, I think. I agree, and in particular when Kyle goes forward on those sort of uh, daring runs that he'll sometimes go on, if he doesn't make the right play or make the right decision or gets dispossessed especially if he's been playing on the same side of the field as Pat McMahon. We've seen them expose Pat yeah, McMahon without that extra coverage. Out, yeah. uh, I think Pat McMahon will do very well in a four-man back line Definitely. if we stick with this. I'll be fascinated to see if we do. When you uh, get Oscar back to back on the pitch and you get uh, Tosh with some rest under his legs, mm -hmm. I'll be fascinated to see if we go with four in the back again or if we do not because... I love Oscar, and I don't see him as being a four-in-the-back player. No. I don't think that you can set him back there as a full defenseman like you can with Kyle Smith. Mm -hmm. And so to get Oscar on the field, you're sort of playing your own hand, unless you want to play a 4-3-4 four, four, uh, with him playing in the middle with, uh, with Paolo and Speedy and then being able to break forward when he chooses to. It'll be interesting to see what they he do. He does have that. that new facial hair now. Well, and he got rid of it already. Did he really? Yep. Gone. He had a solidarity mustache with Pat. He did. He was swarthy as hell. It Two was. of those dudes. I didn't want my wife to look at him. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure she ended up pregnant. Just looking at him. It was awkward. Uh, no, I'll be curious to see whether Definitely. or not we whether or not we stick with four at the back, or if we go back to three when you put Oscar back in the lineup. I thought Sean Francis played fine. I didn't think he played an incredibly great game. Yeah. The one thing that the the formation change did make me think a little was it was a little street ballish at, at times, where we lost some discipline in the back line. With uh, yeah. if you're going to play four at the back and you're going to overlap at all, then everybody's got to rotate to that side. And you were seeing some late rotations, and you were seeing some times when both of the wingbacks would go forward at the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's just being used to playing a real wingback position. And so you were seeing a two-man back line occasionally that made me nervous if we had given the ball up at the wrong time. There was some undisciplined stuff. Yeah, but and when when City gets you know going forward and you know gets the ball into the opposition's half and they're. You know, they, they have a tendency to pull it out sometimes and work we it do. back to the center backs. Um, I think that this is probably a little bit uh, more riskier of a setup than having yeah. the three-man back line. Right. Um, you know. Because then you're stuck with basically two guys. You, they already know who you're trying to pass it to unless you can sneak one through to one of the midfielders. And it's yeah. it's dangerous. And I think against a more disciplined team, like take a, uh, a Pittsburgh Bob Lilly coached team, maybe they are able to take more advantage of that than uh, Charlotte, who is... A good team, and they'll be fine, mm. probably. They're one of those sort of bubble teams for the playoffs right now. Uh, I'll be interested to see if we continue with this in our next couple of games. Mm. 
I'll be really excited to see us play this way if we do against Ottawa because that's a more defensively minded team than Charlotte. Charlotte will try to get after you. Yeah. Ottawa doesn't want you to score. So I'll be interested. It'll be interesting. Yeah. I, it was a definitely it definitely worked for a one game experiment. It felt like it caught Charlotte off guard. It mm-hmm. felt like our guys felt creative and sort of invigorated by it, like mm-hmm. Andy was saying, where you got to let people try some stuff. Yeah. All told, four different goal scorers. Loved seeing everybody get on the sheet. Ilya played a great game. I know we talked about all the other guys up there. Ilya played a great game. Magnus got an assist when he got on the field. Couldn't have attacked more fun than we did in this game. No. It, Seeing George Davis up there really made me think about our salad days last year where uh, you had Ownby and Kay both attacking at the mm-hmm. same time. Uh, George Davis is a different kind of player, but it gave some of that same feel that there was a menace on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. I liked I liked the way we attacked. Yeah, 100%. It's a game review, a game preview. Crank through them. That was a good... That was a good review. No, I, I, I think that I attribute it to Kevin completely. I understand. I'm giving. We you, sounded awful. I thought Kevin was kind of weak. I thought you were really solid, though. <clears throat> yeah, you're, you're carrying. I no. the big shoulder. No, man. no, no. I I played <laughs> off of Kevin. That's it. I drew my inspiration from him. That's so basically, it was like he was like the kid in school that you used to copy off of. <laughs> oh my God, that's exactly what you are. <laughs> Oh, that is exactly that's, that's, what you are. That just hit me. That's our that dichotomy. That's your own peril. <laughs> you let me know if somebody ever says anything to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And Andy beat up everybody who ever made fun of the kid he copied off of. Yeah. That's you got to protect the golden egg, you know? You know? Little known fact. Several species of tarantulas. That's a symbiotic relationship. Right? Yeah. Several species of tarantulas actually keep small frogs as pets. Because the small frogs eat all the small insects that are trying to get the tarantula's eggs, and the tarantula protects, protects the frog from predators. Smart it's mutualism. That's what we are. We're not the scorpion in the frog. Mutually We're not the classic parable. We are the tarantula in the frog. Okay. Like, you guys, like you guys could have a buddy cop show. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the uh, in bones. I'm like the like the nerd. See, I was thinking lethal weapon. Uh, yeah, you guys are way more lethal weapon. We're Let's go with that. You're weapon. you're. Uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be, whoever there. I'll, I'll be Joe Pesci. You're Joe I was thinking Pesci. I'll be. <laughs> I was thinking for whatever reason. I was thinking Forty Eight Hours. I was like, I'll be Judd Reinhold. No, no I'll be Joe Pesci. You're Joe Pesci, and I am getting too old for this shit. That's so. true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get our glasses out and have a little uh, toast of purple Gentlemen. stuff here. Gentlemen, cheers. Purple stuff. I don't have a ton of news. Mm. What I do have is that uh, Scouse is circling the wagons once more. <laughs> Go figure. And putting together two events. The first event being that we're going to have a, a uh, Premier League preview podcast, which mm. I have a strong hunch Kevin will be invited to and that you I will already not. have been. Kevin's already been invited. Andy, your invitation was not lost in the mail. <laughs> you're wasn't you're not invited. I've got I would literally have so little to contribute to that. <laughs> yeah. It would be just a travesty to have you there. Yeah, like for it would for be, comic relief. If, 
purely. I speak enough comics. Like I have a delightful little guide to people who don't have a Premier League team to pick. That I've already talked to scouts. We're gonna publish it before the episode drops. So you'll have a, a way to pick a squad. Exactly, and it's a lot of jokes like, "Do you like striped jerseys?" <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we'll we'll narrow you down who your crew should be. I well, don't like striped jerseys. Well, then you're not a Newcastle fan. But or now you know this. Yeah. Or Watford this year. So we'll we'll get you we'll find you a team. Buddy. I need to find a team, man. I'll yeah. get with you off air and we can we can figure it don't, out. Don't okay. don't join me as a Gunners fan. It's it's not been a fun life for the last decade. <laughs> Existence. Uh well the oh. decade before <laughs> was a lot of fun, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin right. Shane. <clears throat> uh, now now I'm now I'm gonna have to spend some time. I'm gonna have to try to convince Gus to do a preview. I'm gonna have to try to convince him to do a preview of the 2004 season instead of the 2018 season. All right. Um, so we're gonna do the uh, Premier League uh, preview podcast mm-hmm. TBD for a date of publication. Okay. Uh, and also his other event is that he's putting together a middle of September second darts tournament for the season. I mean, we've had a few challengers to the throne. Uh, Scouse has been fielding challenges from uh, other supporters groups and other media types around the area, and they've uh, thrown down the gauntlet, and I think that he can't let it go another day. So he has challenged them all, and it looks like we're having round two of the Scouse's House Charity Darts Royal Tournament. Rumble. It is. I mean, Just don't throw darts with Scouse unless he's on your team. Yeah. But he'll be on your team, so it's fine. My dart game, I just want to say has this, Has improved though. dramatically. My dart game has improved dramatically because I looked it up on YouTube. How to throw darts. Well, that was smart. That's just what I do for everything. That's the, like the only, that's the homework that I've, the, the extent of my homework that I've done in probably two months. Yeah, the months before that you're studying quite a bit of booze. A lot. But no, my, in fact, I used YouTube how to host a podcast and that's what you're getting right now. I watched that video. Uh, yeah. So sometimes YouTube... Is not the best place Does, to go. <laughs> well, like all things, it's user sensitive. Exactly. So, yeah, that's fair. All right. Um, those are the two bits of Scouse's house news. Okay. Uh, new merch in the team store. Go buy stuff. We got new hats. They got a couple of new t shirts. This is all in the last two weeks that they've let this stuff out and are sending it off. I still love my hat. The hat that I wear, I'm not going to go out and get uh, one of the new ones because I'm a fan of what I've got. But if you want a star on your hat, these have got the star to signify championship. And, uh, no, the it's more unified. I'm not going to go into the final judgment style uh, critique of all of the gear. But uh, the fact of the matter is the, they've, they've unified some of the fonts and uh, typesets on all of this. And I think that uh, people will be happy if they want Lulu City gear. Get out to the store at 4th Street Live, catch the bus uh, outside of uh, Lou City Home Games and uh, assorted events, get your new Lou City gear. It all looks sharp. And just remember, uh, that money goes directly into the pocket of podcast hosts every... No, I'm kidding. It goes directly into uh, the team uh, fundage, which is useful as we've already discussed finances a little bit tonight. Yeah, I tell you what, it's more fun to buy merch at a game. Yeah. Because then pop it on. Because you just throw it on. Yeah. If you want to be that guy, you can throw it on. Sure. I like being that guy. You do. I have no shame. But it reminds, like, you know when you go to a, like a, a sweet show, like your favorite band is playing? 
buying merch. One of the best feelings in the world is buying merch. Um, yep. No. I, I have to show. I disagree. What? I, I'm Kevin? Not, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge live music sort of person. I, I like music, but I don't go to a whole lot of shows. But I mean, you just sort of feel like, uh, I just feel like kind of plastic if I'm buying like a t-shirt. God, I was your tarantula. And now. Right up until then. <laughs> and, 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 and right now up he's your until falcon. Then. Yeah. Oh, now it's. Now what? And now uh-huh. he's your falcon. Now you're in. Now you're in real danger zone. He loves his live music. That's. I don't. I, I don't. What's one of the songs I don't even know? Get out. Get <laughs> oh, wait, uh, out of this. Uh, Kiss by a Kiss rose, by dude. That's what it is. Kiss from a rose. Amazingly, I, I don't even want to try to count backwards and do the math as to how old he was before when Batman Returns came out. Oh yeah. How old were you when Batman Returns? No, that that would have been Batman Forever. When, Bat- when did it come? Was it in Batman Forever? Batman Forever, because it had the Riddler. Okay, you're right. Dude, don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing questioning this guy. Who are you asking? I am literally sitting underneath an original Batman poster <laughs> in Andy's study, so that was that was that was hubris yeah. on my part. Cut down the size. Yeah, I apologize. It's okay. All right, all right, all right. So, new merch. Go buy it, unless you're Kevin and you don't like having nice no, I things. I love city merch. There you go. All right. Before we get into the interview with Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, the final piece of purple stuff mm-hmm. is uh, on Soccer City Radio, hosted this week entirely by our man Kevin Kern in this past this past show. Uh, Brad made it clear. Brad Estes, Executive Vice President Brad Estes, uh, made it clear that uh, they expected to have a head coach hired before the end of this month, or by the end of this uh, month. Yeah, the time that's out. And uh, that was extremely good news to everybody. Yeah. Uh, my understanding of the situation is that they are down to very few choices left, that they feel very good about the candidates that they have, and that they think that people will be pleased when the selection is made, regardless of who it ends up being. Pleased and also somewhat familiar. Right. The, 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 the word on the street is that if you are a soccer person, mm. that you will almost certainly know the name of the person I, that's being hired. It's been... Brian in, Clough. Every, <laughs> Zinedine Zidane! It's been in every sense of the word, uh, worldwide search, uh, he says they got... Yeah, um, interviews from... Interviews, or at least uh, resumes as far as like Malaysia and, and India. So. Messy. Yeah. Um, that would be an unusual still, career move for him. If he wanted to come be the player coach, though, I think we'd allow it. Uh, yeah, I think that would be it. No, not me. You don't think it's messy. I don't. Alec, but um, I'm interested to see. Um, I just hope it's not before this weekend, and I and I miss it on soccer. While you have a week to miss, yeah. I, uh, I if I was a betting person, I would guess that after the next game. I think that if you yeah. want to announce it, you want to announce it at the beginning of a week. Yeah. Uh, that's just a hunch, though. I mean, I, I, I don't have any uh, inside info on this. I just strongly let me, feel... Let me ask you a question. Yeah? Both of you. Okay. What do you think, whoever the coach is, whoever they pick, in your all's opinion, what do you think is the single biggest challenge that they will face? Coming into half, just over halfway through the season. Constructing the roster for next year. More than this season, I think it'll be constructing the roster for next year. That's that's a good point. I, I was going to go something similar to that. In this, in the USL, it's a lot of one and maybe two year contract with mm-hmm. options, player team options, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So personnel moves are always need to be on the front of of a coach's mind. And uh, from what you know, I, I I gleaned from my interview with Brad is that 
um, whereas where James was sort of not just the the manager of the team, but he was also the the GM really mm-hmm. in, in every technical sense director, world. general manager, head coach, yeah. chief ball washer. I mean, he had a lot of spots. The whole sporting sphere of the organization. That's what this coach is going to be. Too. Yeah. So how much do you all think um, whether or not we lose or keep whoever depends on this choice? Some. Some. It's, yeah. It, whenever a, a manager comes in, it's always sort of, it shakes up the way the roster looks, mm-hmm. or at least how the selection looks. Um, so I think uh, there's not too much that he can yeah. shake up with 20-some-odd players on the on the and roster. So Chances are that this year, I mean, we're going to have the players we've got going forward. So for the rest of this year, there'll be tweaks. I mean, you know, yeah. his motivation, his or her motivational scat mm-hmm. talents will be on display. Uh, whether or not they're good organizers, whether or not our guys stay in good condition and in good spirits, uh, you know, little maybe set play design, you know, they'll put they'll institute some stuff of their own for the remainder of the year. But I think that you're not really going to know what kind of coach they are until next year when you see exactly. what kind of squad they assemble, mm-hmm. uh, how many of our guys they are able to bring back, how many of their well, own guys like, they bring on to the squad. You, how much of that do you think? Going into next season, how much of that do you think depends on this choice? Frankly, only in so much as if they want to be here again. Now, I have no doubt, after all the players we've spoken to and gotten to know, that they all like playing here. Mm -hmm. But every one of these guys wants to be playing at a higher level. There's not one of them who's not like, yeah, I'd rather be playing in MLS or Liga MX or a league up from where they're currently at. And that's... Understandable. So I think that several of our guys will have earned shots at a uh, at a league up right, from where so. we're at. Definitely, yeah. And then I think that having Coach O'Connor be a league up, I wouldn't be at all shocked to see one, two, maybe three guys end up at Orlando next year with him. Really, yeah. I, I just wouldn't be shocked by it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same thing holds true with all these guys. Yeah, if they like the coach and they don't get offered, the coach we hire, and they don't get offers at the next level up, yeah, that'll help. But... Mostly it's going to be about do they get another opportunity somewhere mm-hmm. else. And a lot of these guys really haven't gotten you know fair shakes at MLS right. level. Like Brian played for the for Houston, I think. Briefly. Um, briefly, yeah. yeah. Um, he's been you know back and forth mostly loan spells uh, down. But I mean, there's you know every, you look at every guy they've you know gone. Most of them are American. Um, college products and so they've gone through the draft and mm. they get you know sort of sent down to uh, to USL affiliates or something or like PDL that. PDL and some of their cha- ca- yeah PDL and that experience in college too. So um, a lot of these guys have you know sort of flirted with MLS and for one reason or another didn't get a fair shake. I mean when you are as successful as City is, you know, um, you know James obviously has been good enough that he. Um, earned a right, you know, yeah. to get into MLS, and I think a lot of these players. Uh, we'll not, like Kevin said, wouldn't be surprised if a couple of them went to Orlando. Right. So we'll, we'll it'll be fascinating to see who goes up with uh, with the changeover mm-hmm. in in uh, head coaching. But I don't think I think that unless they seriously clash, they're not going to lose their right to be in the next league. And so. I mean. There's a, or next season. Maybe a word should be said that, you know, the American, uh, I guess it is the secondary transfer windows open. So, I mean, that I don't expect, you know, any ch- any personnel changes to, you know, really happen. But, you know, it could. If they, this coach comes in and, you know, he sees a, a player he has his eye on, he knows his quality, he might bring him in. But Right. And I don't expect to lose any of our current no, roster. No, so. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh, 
Yeah, I think that that's a good opportunity for us to transfer right over here into yeah. our interview with Kevin. We See how been, I did that? You did. See you were asking that? Kevin questions. He was answering them. It's, a, it's basically like we've already started. I know. Uh, it would have been natural if you didn't mention it. No, I, I always try to bring things up like that. I'm, all, I, I, I'm, he, I'm full, I'm full transparency. And it, and it just drives me nuts. I'm full transparency all the Ugh. way. All right, Kevin, you we've, we've talked a little bit about the fact that you rode your bike up to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And that's phenomenal. Like, we mock it because we can't do it. And uh, But that's a that's an amazing accomplishment. And you drove up there and then rode up there and then uh, still called the game. Right. And so it's not like you got there and then got to go take a nap for No, yeah, hours. you didn't get up there and then, like, did you carb load before you, did you just eat several plates of spaghetti before uh, you I did. I didn't really. I, the main thing really for being on a bike is, you know, having, and this is where preparation comes in, is having, you know, food to eat. Because, you know, when you're burning, you know, 10,000 calories a day, you need to be eating every hour. How many calories a day do you burn, Evan? Like, 10. 10-ish. <laughs> Not 10,000. No, just like 10. 10. Yeah. 10 whole yeah. calories. Yeah. So um, having that and then, you know, sort of sports drink mixed, uh, sort of keep um, hydrated. And then, you know, luckily it wasn't too hot, so I wasn't sweating a, an obscene amount. Yeah. But uh, just having that to really keep your muscles sort of uh, steady. How uh, much of that ride is uphill? You So a lot of people think that, you know, Indiana, you just think about it, it's pretty flat. But... Um, it's not. The The hardest part was really the first day when I rode from here to Indy. Um, and I'll tell you this as well. I was originally planning to break it up. I left on Sunday to get there. I was planning to get there like Wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. to bridge you. And um, my first uh, leg was only supposed to go to about Edinburgh. And then I, I was having lunch in Seymour. And um, I got a call from a friend who lives in Indy. He's like, hey, man, when are you going to be riding through Indy? I'll, I'll join you. And I said, well, you know, I, I wasn't planning on it, but... Let me ask you this. If I make it up to Indy, you think I could crash at your place? Because I was planning just to sort of sleep by the mm-hmm. side of the road. Um, so that is so dangerous, Find some, Kevin, find some woods. You can't do find that. Find some woods. It's called stealth camping. Oh, um, but my no, God. Find some woods. It's something that people do. So I, I'd done some research. Um, of course you did. And so um, On YouTube? Yeah, not on YouTube. <laughs> not on YouTube. Uh, so, uh, I, that was, that was my plan sort of stealth camp. And if I, you know, came across the hotel at the right time, maybe take it. But I, uh, I was in Seymour and I get a call and, uh, from my friend saying, you know, you know, come on, come on up to Indy. And I, and I thought, well, you know, it's two o'clock and it's about 60 miles. Um, so I'm like, oh, I might be able to make it. I might just, so I ended up making it there by like seven thirty. Um, so I went out, rewarded myself with a few beers as one would. And then after that, that was, uh, about 120 some odd miles. And really for a, for a cyclist, a century, a hundred miles is really like, sort of like a good day, a mile. Yeah. That's, that's really, that's really a milestone. A lot of people go through a lot of training and I was not, I was not, I did not do a lot of training rides before He did this. three straight centuries too. And so, yeah, and the, Evan's exactly right. So I, I started there. Uh, and when I got there, I'm like, when I got there, I was only planning to ride about 80 miles a day. And when I got to Indy, I'm like, well, sh- well shit, I might be able to make this. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, if I could get there to bridge you a day early, I would have time to re- relax, uh, do a little bit of preparation for my match, you know, join myself, enjoy the city. So, yeah. um, after that, I, uh, sort of looked, all right, what would leave me about a hundred miles from Bridgeview? And it would have taken about a 110 mile day. And so I just started riding, and I, I had a route sort of planned out. 
I got some bad intel on, on a route through Lafayette, Indiana, that sort of left me on the side of a four-lane highway. It was concrete. It was absolutely the worst time I'd spent on a bike. Um, and so just I, radiating heat. Yeah, just <laughs> that was probably that was, the, that was the worst day. And like I said, it wasn't too hot. It was only about eighty-two degrees at the most. Uh, but it, we, we, I talked about Indiana being mostly flat. But there, it's a lot of roads are sort of gently rolling. There's not too many steep inclines. But when you're on a fixed gear bike, it's the little rolling hills that weigh How on you. How many bikes do you have? Uh, I just have the one bicycle, and I also ride a motorcycle as well. But I only have the one bicycle, and that's what I you know, let me let me get on. this straight. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you have a bicycle and a motorcycle, yeah. and the one that you chose <laughs> was a bike. You know, motorcycles do the work for you, right? And it's a lot quicker and a lot easier. Like a lot quick. We we don't I even have to talk about. Yeah, we don't have to talk about this stealth camping. We wouldn't you know? have been impressed though. Yeah, exactly. I would have been impressed. He motorcycled like, up there. Yeah, that would have impressed you. A lot tougher than anything you or I do. <laughs> I had a lot of beers on the bus, like a yeah, lot. You I, didn't ride a motorcycle up there. Though. No, I had a lot of beers on the bus. Alright, so you get there and you get to call the game, and that's because you are one of the radio voices of Loose City Soccer. Uh, how does a uh, man of less than advanced years sure. <laughs> land such an awesome gig, man? So, really, it started back with, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, writing for Extol Sports. I um, had been writing, and I so I, I had the press pass, you know, all that. I'd been around the team. I was, I went to, you know, every press conference, even though I didn't really have any, like, daily sort of things. I didn't have mm. any stories that I was publishing or anything, but I just wanted to, you know, get a feel for the team, and, you know, mm. I was a fan previously. I was writing for the Cooper's website before it sort of parlayed into my actual um, assignment, so uh, I was, uh, it was sort of relishing the chance to, you know, as, as a professional, um, in a professional setting, being around the team, you know, you yeah. know the players. I was, I was never, you know, f you know, fan or anything like that. I was right. very, uh, which is what I do at the press down. conferences. <laughs> and so uh, I wanted to keep it as professional as I could. And then uh, fast forward uh, a season of writing for X Toll, I got to the uh, press conference. I was just there, so again, sort of just you know, curious. I, I, I'm a student at U of L. I had a little bit of free time, so I uh, went to the press conference for the 2017 USL championship game sure and I uh, you know was I asked uh, you know a couple questions there um, sort of just get a feel for the match you know this is a landmark moment in Louisville City history obviously and I uh, got talking with Jeff Milby who uh, uh, currently is in Richmond but he uh, previously held the ex exact two same positions that I had he was right he was the main host of Soccer City yes um, whereas I'm sort of like the the sidekick analyst sort of uh, role uh, and then he did also did color for uh, the game broadcast and I you know uh, got talking to him about you know what what it really took you know he was a communications major at U of L so um, I you know was talking to him about you know what what's it like to you know broadcast you know on the radio and it was something I was sort of tangentially interested in um, I had been you know writing about soccer and I want to, you know, talk about soccer um, for, you know, see what uh, the opportunities lie there. So, um, you know, I in the off-season, obviously Scott Stewart came in towards the end of last season and I uh, got to uh, <coughs> talking to Scott and asking him um, if there were sort of any uh, things pro cropping up, any opportunities to work, you know, within the team. Mm -hmm. And um, I, he, he had gotten to know me, uh, you know, from press conference and stuff like that. So I, uh, um, was I sort of pitched an idea for him uh, to do a post game like Instagram live 
sure. uh, YouTube live sort of show after mm-hmm. games where we could talk to uh, coaches and players and break it down. Um, I thought, they, and it was an interesting idea. It ultimately didn't come to fruition, but he because told me. Scott is the worst. We love <laughs> you, Scott. We love you, Scott. Uh, no, but uh, it, uh, ultimately, it didn't really work out. You know, it just wouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, made sense, especially for someone like me who had no, you know, previous sure. sort of education mm-hmm. or experience doing that kind of thing. Um, but he did, t- I did, you know, tell him, you know, hey, listen, if there's you know, any opportunities, you know, within the team, just, you know, I'm, I'm interested in it's and yeah. he knew that I was, uh, I was at least sort of knew what I was talking about. Uh, so I um, sort of just kept tab through the off season and uh, Jeff, like I said previously, Milby went to Richmond. And so I was uh, started asking, um, you know, I, I'd been, you know, around the team. I'd been a fan since, you know, the first season, and I had been covering them for a mm-hmm. couple of years. And so I, I just started, you know, putting feelers out, be like, hey, so Jeff's gone, and, you know, I... And I always thought that I would be pretty good at the thing that I do now. And um, I uh, sort of asked him, hey, what are the chances of, you know, getting a shot at uh, doing this sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, was like, yeah, I kind of kicked it around. Um, you know, the thing in, in sports media and media in general is that nobody really gives you a certain answer no, until know, they yeah. absolutely need you. And so, and this actually uh, sort of ties into my bike ride story. Um, my spring break vacation was the week before the first home game against Nashville. Okay. And so I was, you know, sort of chilling out and I had planned it. I had already booked, trained. I, I had trained the first time to go. And I was going to do this for spring break, this ride to Chicago that I ended up doing. But uh, the t- I was supposed to leave on the Wednesday before. Uh, I get a call the Tuesday, um, one one from Lance McGarvey. Sure. Uh, asking <laughs> if I wanted to. Because um, I had been on that, uh, on, on Soccer City previously, talking, you know, as a guest, talking about UofL soccer. Because I also write about them for a student club uh, website. Um, so I, uh, he asked me if I wanted to, uh, you know, co-host the show sort of on a interim basis and then see if I was, you know, ultimately good enough. And, um, I did, you know, obviously end up getting, you know, sort of the season long, uh, gig that I have now on Soccer City. Um, and then later on that day, maybe an hour later, Scott Stewart calls me and asks me if I want to broadcast the game for the, do the game for Nashville. So it all sort of came together, and I did have to push off my ride to Chicago that I had Tracked. all booked. Poor guy. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it was a little disappointing, but obviously I, I uh, got it completed now. Yeah. And got a fun opportunity. And, yeah. uh, what are you, what are you studying to do, though? Uh, marketing. Yeah, so I uh, want to hopefully maybe I can parlay it into a job in, in sports. You will. Uh, <laughs> you will. Okay. If not, <laughs> you will. If not, not, and you would like a job as a forklift operator, I could hire you tomorrow. So okay, if you change your mind and you want to drive a forklift, you let me know. Uh, so um, just yeah. So the first game against Nashville, I was I had no absolutely no radio experience. I you know consumed plenty of soccer content. Sure, but I. Uh, I was the only voice in the booth. There was no color analyst. Oh, so you had to do play-by-play and color. Play-by-play. It was St. Patrick's Day, so do I. Do you ever? So when you're doing play-by-play, are there ever moments where like you had some brain fart or whatever, and you didn't pay attention to what happened? Do you ever have those moments where you're like, wait, what? 
Oh, and the yeah. ball's on the other side of the field. And now this person has it for some reason well, that I don't know. I wouldn't say that I personally would have that sort of thing, but there has been times in really the only two play games I've done play-by-play role was that Nashville game and then the 0-0 draw at Bethlehem State. Right. Clay Abel's the normal guy who's out. Um, so, uh, but there has been times, um, you know, we the away games that we don't go to, we do from the studio, and we have the feed on like WBNA like pulled up, mm-hmm. and there have been times that it, the feed goes out. Like, and now I'm assuming we're doing okay. And uh. so it's really up to the uh, play-by-play guy to sort of just hope that nothing happens, and then I will, if that, it, luckily it only has happened a, a couple times, I'll just like pepper in like a, like a stab, like, oh yeah, yeah I'm sitting at 58% possession. Right. right. Um, but, uh, well, we know that uh, Lance has had nothing but positive things to say about yeah. his interaction with you, and the time I was on the show with you guys, I had a great time doing it, and you guys were very professional and welcoming, and uh, no, you seem, no, you. you seem very uh, well suited to the position, and I think that you're doing a great job. I appreciate I can it. tell that my approval means a lot, so <laughs> I figured... As I assume it does with everyone, so it's just... I mean, we'll talk about it later. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks, buddy. That's why you got my back. Um, well, let me ask one final question for me, and then I'm going to hand you off to Andy. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Uh, so, is this something that you say you got a degree in marketing that you might want to work in sports? Would you like to stay in sports broadcasting, or are you hoping to move more into a front office type role, or so coaching? I'm, or? I'm still working on my degree, and I... Well, ideally, and I know there's obviously not a whole lot of opportunities out there, but I would love to be, my, my dream job would be play-by-play um, for radio in some market. I, I don't mind if it's an MLS, you know, if I could do yeah. it abroad, that would be, you know, beautiful. Um, I, like I said, it's, you know, maybe a little bit less than a pipe dream, um, yeah. but I think... Uh, You've got about as good of a start on this t- as you can possibly yeah. have minus yeah, being I don't a feel like it, soccer I don't feel like at this point it's not a pipe dream for you. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> so, at, at 22, I'm getting plenty of, of tape, and, you know, I've got... Uh, Opportunity and experience. Several yeah. resources, you know, around me. I've, you know, made a, a couple of friends. You know, Clay Bulls is... Uh, he's, sure. 20, he's 21, so he's uh, even got That's our experience. broadcast team. Yeah, a, a combined age of, what, 43 years old. Um, that's really that upsetting. So depressed. Don't say <laughs> stuff like that sorry, here, Kevin. But fortunately, fortunately, despite the uh, the tape they're putting together and all of that for uh, future employment opportunities, they are now, or well, at least Kevin will be able to say that he came on the uh, the fourth place podcast. In, <laughs> if uh, this doesn't thing. rocket you to success, I, I don't know what will. No, we're uh, we're we're thrilled that you came on tonight, and we uh, wish you good luck with that endeavor. Now, Andy has got a new question, Uh-oh. and this is... <laughs> and I, I haven't been asked. No, we, normally we, this is, this is inside that's baseball, sense. That's a but arch laugh. normally we tell people what's coming so that they can at least be sort of in the back of their heads thinking their yeah. answer for the question. I have never heard the question. Kevin has never heard the question. This is a brand new spanking question, this is, and we will uh, maintain I'm it scared. for the next eight it's episodes, going to get through 30. So, Andy... I'm actually pretty proud of this question. Okay. Here comes the new Here question. it is. Here it is. And it's funny that you say that I have a good arch laugh. <laughs> a, because my wife tells me the same thing. Oh, yeah. Which I don't know what that says about our marriage. <laughs> and B, put, you can have it if you want it. Um, here's the question. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Okay. You have to put together okay. your ideal, not even ideal, you have to put together a squad. Okay. To play in the USL, you can pull from 
Middle Earth. Okay, I'm already, I already know this isn't gonna Anybody happen. in Middle Earth, okay? The Star Wars universe. <laughs> Anybody. Prequels, sequels, main, any of it. Alright? Even like the, like Clone Wars is about to start again. Any of the offshoots. DC or Marvel. You don't have to tell me who. You don't have to tell me who. But you have to tell me which no, you universe. You gotta tell me you who. You don't have to tell me who. You just pick a universe and why. If you want to tell me who. No, that's a great show. I want to know who. No, that's a great question. If you want to tell me who, you can. I can appreciate, you know, the thought that went into that question. I am not a science fiction sort of fan. You grabbed a non-nerd for this question, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying, man, I wasn't trying to stereotype you, Kevin. But I figured you would be. I'm a soccer nerd, but that's about it. Um, Let's see. I've seen one of the Hobbit movies. Oh, this is already just... <laughs> I mean, everybody's seen Star Wars. I mean, he, I He's gonna know. go with Bogo. <laughs> Bogo Buggins. That's a guy, right? No, uh, Kevin, do not feel embarrassed. I, no, I, no, I no. feel embarrassed, so it's fine. I don't feel embarrassed. Andy, you shouldn't, you know? Just own it, own it. Well, Andy, if, uh, if we're not... If Kevin is gonna be put onto the spot like this... Uh, Wait, you can, can you repeat the what, what you can repeat the question? Okay, so uh, you can pick any character. <laughs> now, I'm glad we're doing this now. I don't, I, this is why I didn't say anything. Uh, this you, is why I didn't prep him. I would have shut it down. <laughs> no, no, this is why. Because I asked the real questions. Okay, you can pick any character okay. from the DC universe. Okay. Wait, that's DC is Batman. But Batman, anybody Superman, from the Justice Wonder League, Woman, Green Flash, Man, Aquaman. Green, yeah, I, I mean, Flash. yeah, Cyborg, Martian Man, any of them. I think right? Flash would be my one, one of my wingers. Done, done. That's Flash all we need. Is a okay. great choice. That's okay. all we needed. You can uh, just perfect. say okay. DC, the Justice League. Um, you can just say. What it. are the? Okay, well, there's okay. Flash would be a really good player. Although to be fair, Marvel has Quicksilver. You got to decide for yourself which one's faster. I mean, technically, Flash is. That's what I'm saying. So I'd rather have the Flash. What I think the, Kevin made the right choice. I think he did too. What are the What are the trees in like the Middle Earth? What are those called? The Ents. Ooh, the an Ent would be a nasty goalkeeper. Oh man. I don't know if they're quick enough though. And when they're that big, you don't need to be. I was thinking more of the lumbering center back. Oh, they <laughs> would stereotypical. Be, it would be really oh, tough to get a cross yeah. in against them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be really tough to get a cross in against them. Well, and everybody knows uh, dwarves are. Dangerous across Over short, short distances. distances. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Captain America would be a stone number ten. Yeah, Captain America could score some goals. I feel confident yeah. about that. Batman would be useless. No Batman way. would be completely stupid. He'd be a good, great, they, he'd he would an amazing get a, coach. What he are you would talking get a about? red Batman card would be an immediately coach. for bringing I, his gadgets onto the field. He would be an amazing What's coach. What's his man management like? Because if I want to know, yeah, he's actually really bad at it. He no, he's not. He has an amazing team him. of people. And they all hate no, him. They, but they hate him. But they're good at their jobs. That's because they're superheroes. I'll see myself out. Yeah, Kevin. This is why I picked this question. Just so you and I can argue. This is the debate. That All, I right. Wanted. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was going to have us now debate uh, playoff positioning. And so we're going to transition into that very quickly yeah. and uh, get out while uh, while all three of the people who are still listening. Uh, hi, Mom. If you just uh, can't carry run. on. Yeah. So uh, playoff positioning, we're now in fourth place. Mm-hmm. We're past the U.S. Open Cup now, so we are able to focus entirely on 
the season at hand. Into the second half of the season. Exactly. Yeah. Two games into the second half, I think, now. So, you know, it's the stretch run, mm-hmm. and we can focus solely on that. We're probably going to have a coach in, 10 day, in the next 10 days, and mm-hmm. that'll get us even closer mm-hmm. to uh, being able to really focus. Luke and uh, Richie should both be coming back in the next few weeks. It's time to just start focusing on finishing strong, playoff positioning, and seeding. Yeah. Right now we're in fourth, which would give us a home game. Uh, the teams ahead of us are, you've got uh, Charleston in second, mm-hmm. you've got Pittsburgh in third, and I'm not going to talk about first place. Because uh, they killed Harambe. And because they are really, they it's just a team we don't even have to really consider, because we they're our bitches. Yeah. Um, no, it's Cincinnati's in first, and they're in first comfortably at this it's point. Like seven points or something. Uh, yeah, I believe they're at 44 points in the league right now, which is a comfortable, comfortable advantage in the league. I believe they're nine points up on second, and uh, like 13 up on us. With Oof. we have games in hand, but even so, we're not catching them even if we win them all. It's uh, those are the top four, and then. Five through, I think, 11 are all within four, five, six points of each other, all mm-hmm. very bunched together between five through, uh, I think it's 11, maybe 10. But Yeah, there's three teams on 27 points, Charlotte and Ninth, Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, who has fallen apart. Yeah, yeah, they, were, they were like third not that long ago. Yeah. And then uh, Ottawa in seventh. So right. All those teams on 27 points. So the Ottawa seven. nice guys. Yeah, but we uh, now have at least one game in hand on everybody that's reasonably close to catching us, uh, below us. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we played the same number of games as Pittsburgh, uh, but at least one game in hand on all the teams chasing us, and we are—I uh, think it's a four-point cushion on fifth place. Is that right? Uh, it's a one-point or. One point, yeah. But they've played 21 games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 21. So we've got three games in hand and a one-point lead on fifth place. And then better the lower you go, obviously. So It's a good building, starting place to start building. It is. And the top four have really now separated themselves from the next group, when you consider our games in hand. Yeah. If we don't go on a uh, four-game losing streak, then we are in a pretty comfortable spot there. I've, I've been asking you this a lot lately. Yeah. You're still not in panic mode. I'm not Especially at all. Especially after no. this pet. Yeah. After this week, I feel a lot better. I think that uh, if we take a point or three against Ottawa, I think we're going to really like where we're looking at going forward. Like I say, if you get a first-round home playoff game in the USL, last year, the top, the number one seed from the West, the number two seed from the East, and the number three seed from the West all lost the first their first-round games last year. So if you can get yourself a home game for the mm-hmm. first round and get through that, then who knows who you're playing the rest of the way. So be four or above going into the playoffs. And obviously we own Cincinnati and Nippert, so I'd be completely fine having to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I wouldn't. No, I, it's been terrifying games both times. But we've won them both <laughs> yeah. with shutouts. Yeah, and both hand, you know handily as far as performance goes. But I, I, it's, I the Cincinnati team has really come on. It's really good. Separating themselves. They're yeah. really good. But we get them one more time this season, and I feel like that will be a nice barometer for where we are because they are a different team than they were, and we are a different team than we were. Yeah. But going in opposite directions. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see for that game. But my thing is be fourth or better going into the playoffs, and then anything can happen in terms of going through a one-loss elimination tournament. Yeah. And so 
now is it'd be really good to go on a you know three wins and a tie out of four games kind of a run uh, to set to get some real separation and maybe climb into second or third place. Pittsburgh's really good. I expect them there to be there at the end. Charlotte, I mean uh, Charleston, I wasn't that impressed by. Haven't been that impressed by, and I won't be surprised to see them drop off a bit. Uh, Cincinnati's really good, but. New York, I believe, is in fifth place right now, mm-hmm. and they are a solid team, as we learned, but they're sort of one of those street-fighting teams like we are, yeah. or have been, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're a could-win-by-three, could-lose-by-three kind of a team. Yeah, we could have beaten them by three. We, we could have, and could have lost by two at the end of the game, so <laughs> it's just, they, it's yeah. swashbuckling soccer. Uh, the the East is wide open between three or four really good teams, although the second-place team, I don't consider one of them, so it's just... Now is the time to really solidify yourself in the standings now that we've, we're done with some of our midweek games. We get to focus on what the game in front of us ought to have a coach, ought to be better rested, have some guys coming back from injury. It's good stuff on the horizon right now. Time Perfect. to settle in. Perfect time for a manager to come in. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. I think that if, if you've got to have a manager coming in midseason, they're 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 ripe for it right now when they there's only one thing to focus on and that is the end of the USL season. So, Kevin, I've been thrilled to have you, man. Thanks That's so much for having me, dude. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks uh, for the lubrications as well. Oh, uh, purple stuff is always delicious. Yeah, goes down easy. Uh, Andy, well done. Thanks, man. We're gonna have to iron out some of the no. finer points of that question no. for next week. No, we're not. All right, Question Kevin, stands. enjoy your vacation. Uh, yeah, hopefully please. no news comes out, and if it does, I'll expect a press release from your bicycle, okay? Okay. Yeah. All right, <laughs> have a safe trip, and uh, as we always say at the end of every podcast, go, go city. city. Go city.